Today we're going to go to the second part in our series on prayer. Last week we had prayer part one, and we looked at how to talk to God. This week we're doing prayer part two, and the question is, why doesn't God answer our prayers the way we think he should? And many of you, many of you at some point, you have prayed very passionately for someone you love to be healed of a sickness. And you believed God could, you believed God would, and you prayed, and God didn't. Some of you, you prayed that God would save your marriage. You prayed and you prayed and you prayed and unfortunately you wound up divorced. Some of you right now, you're praying for a loved one to come to Christ and it seems like the more you pray, the harder you pray, the the harder they run away from God. Why is it that sometimes our prayers don't get answered? We're going to take a moment here and look at some things that impact our prayers You'll take out your notes. We'll see what matters to God when you pray. First thing we need to understand, number one, your relationships matter to God when you pray. The way you treat one another matters to God when you pray. Jesus said in Mark 11, 24, he says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And that is a powerful, powerful promise. The premise of the promise comes in the next verse, verse 25. It says, when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, you should forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Jesus says, when you are praying to God, your relationship with other people matters in your prayers. If you haven't forgiven someone who's wronged you, your prayers are going to be limited. Because you cannot say you love God and hate your brother. Can't do it. And yet so many people carry bitterness, they carry unforgiveness in their hearts and still expect God to hear their prayers and answer them. God says, when you're not doing what he's asked you to do, which is to forgive people, why would you expect him to do what you're asking him to do? I mean, how can we expect God to forgive us over and over and over and yet we're unwilling to forgive those who've wronged us? And so if you pray and you feel like you feel like the heavens are brass, you feel like you're not breaking through, there's no connection, God is not answering my prayers, you need to ask yourself, am I forgiving those around me? Do I have bitterness, unforgiveness that I'm harboring in my heart? Are my relationships with other people broken because that will hinder your prayers? Now you may say, well, that's just one verse. Are you sure that's true? Let's look at another one, 1 Peter 3, 7. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate, circle that word, considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect, circle respect, as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life. Why do you treat your wife with consideration and respect? Last phrase, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Guys, if you feel like God's not answering your prayers, you need to evaluate how you're treating your wife. Because scripture is very clear that being inconsiderate and disrespectful of your wife will hinder your prayers. Now wives, before you start throwing elbows, okay, you need to remember in Ephesians it says that the wives are to respect the husbands. It is mutual consideration and respect for one another <clears throat> that is crucial for answered prayer. So your relationships with other people matter to God when you pray. Unforgiveness, disrespect, and your relationships will hinder your prayers. So I'd encourage you, you just need to ask, you know, who do I need to forgive so that my prayers can be heard and answered? 
Second, what matters to God when you pray? Your motives matter to God. James 4.3. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. The motives that motivate your prayers to God matter. Matter. New Testament gives example after example of people praying with the wrong motives. Pharisees would pray just for the attention of people, to be seen and heard by people. You know, they'd pray and then turn around, how'd you like my prayer? Was that long enough? Was it flowery enough? Was it loud enough? Could you all hear it? You know, those are wrong motives. God says those prayers aren't going to be answered. We need to check our motives when we're praying. Am I praying for selfish motives? Single guys, you may pray, hey, there's this really cute girl at work, God, and she's not a believer. Would, would you bring her to Christ so I can date her? Okay. You know, you may want to check the motive on that prayer. Uh, God, help me to win the lottery. God, if I win the lottery, I'll give you half. And God's like, you're not giving me a tenth now. Why would I think you'd give me half later? Besides, it's all mine anyway. Why would I even include you in the loop? You know, it's a selfish motivation in that prayer. Because your motives matter to God when you pray. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. Now, motives can be really hard to evaluate. Proverbs 16.2 says, All of a man's ways seem innocent to him. Now, our motives all seem good to us, but motives are weighed by the Lord. And so maybe you need to just pray, God, what, what motives do I need to change? Help me to have pure motives when I pray so my prayers can be heard and answered. So your relationships matter, your motives matter. Number three, the way you live matters to God. James 5.16, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. The prayer of a righteous person, doesn't say an unrighteous person, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, why does the way you live matter when you ask God? Why does the way you you live matter when you make requests to God, when you're praying to Him? Well, let's just look at it from a human perspective. Who would you rather give to? Who would you rather meet their request? Who would you rather, rather help and support and give aid and comfort to? Would you rather give to the guy who's totally healthy, but he's turned down two jobs because they're beneath him, and the last time you gave him money, he bought beer and a new watch, you know? Would you like to help him, or would you like to help the guy who's working two part-time jobs, trying to feed his family? Yeah, he's fallen behind, but if you give him some money, he's going to do the right thing with it. He's going to buy food and help his family. Do you want to give to the first guy, or do you want to give to the second guy? You probably want to give to the first guy, because you want to give to the momentum. You want to give to the obedience that he's demonstrating. You know, with the other guy, there's not enough money in the world to fund chaos and disobedience. There's just not enough money in the world for that. And so Scripture says again and again that the way you live matters. You can't go out and sin and and live a crazy, chaotic life and then expect God to bail you out all the time. No. One of the ways God answers prayers is, hey, you reap what you sow. Romans 15, 29, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. The way you live matters. Now, it's important. You know, one of the benefits of right living is answered prayer. That's why you want to do it. It's for your benefit to live that way. So you may want to ask yourself, what what behavior do you need to change in order for your prayers to be heard and answered? Fourth thing that matters. Your relationships matter, motives matter, the way you live matters. Number four, your faith 
matters to God when you pray. James 1.6. Let's read this one out loud together. But when he asked, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. You've got to believe and not doubt. Doubt just tosses you all around. If you're doubting, you can't think you're going to receive stuff from the Lord because your faith matters. And so the question is, are you praying in faith or are you praying in doubt? Uh, this week, Katie had, my wife Katie had an interesting thing happen to her. Uh, she encountered a lady who was just absolutely distraught I mean, she was weeping, sobbing just from the depth of who she was. And Katie and this friend encountered her, and they thought, man, what, is she injured? I mean, they're looking to, is there blood? I mean, what, what's happening here? And so through her sobbing, the woman tells them that she has lost the diamond out of her uh, engagement ring. And she's saying things like, I can never go home again. My husband will never, you know, I can't, you know, I mean, she's just distraught. And so Katie and, and the friends start talking to her, and they find out where she had been, and Katie told the friend, she said, let's just backtrack her steps and see if we can find this stone, this little diamond, a big diamond, actually, that uh, has fallen out of this ring. Not like a doorknob or anything, but, you know, it was nice. <laughs> to Katie, it was like, whoa, that's a big diamond. And um, so she and her friend, they, sure enough, they go back, and Katie finds the diamond. It was in one of the rooms the lady had been in earlier. It was back, back around behind the door, hard place to see. And everybody was dumbfounded that she found it. And in fact, the friend said to Katie, said, you were praying that you would find that ring, weren't you? And Katie said, yes, I was praying, Jesus, help me find it. Jesus, help me find it. And the friend said, well, that's interesting because the whole time I was looking, I was thinking there's no way we're ever going to find that ring. <laughs> okay. So who do you want looking for your diamond? Yeah. Do you want Jesus help me find it? Or we're never going to find it. Let's just go to Starbucks and uh, feel bad. Okay? No, at some level, your faith in God matters. I love the story in Matthew 9.29. Two blind men cried out, Jesus, have mercy on me, son of David. Have mercy on us. Now, Jesus said, do you believe I can do this? And he said, yes, I do. Then he touched their eyes and said according to your faith it will be done to you and their sight was restored according to your faith it will be done to you same God that they prayed to 2,000 years ago is the same God that you're praying to your faith matters to God when you pray now some of you are going great if I just have enough faith I can ask for that big luxury SUV and God's going to answer my prayer no, that's not the only thing that matters. Your relationships matter, your motives matter, your right living matters, your faith matters. Number five, God's will also matters. Now, as we, before we jump to this one, you, you need to ask yourself, where do I need to trust God more? That's, that's a great evaluation on your verse. Where am I praying in doubt? Where am I praying with fear? And start praying with faith. It matters to God how you're praying. Number five, it all, God's will also matters. 1 John 14. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, circle that phrase, according to his will, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. If we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. That's why it's so important to pray, pray based on Scripture. Because when you're praying Scripture, you know you're praying what God's will is. 
And, and, and you know, that's going to be answered. But too many people think, and, and it's been taught for years, just kind of name it and claim it, blab it and grab it kind of idea that, you know, I'm just going to pray because I want that, and then God's going to give it to me. But no, God's will matters more than your wants. A great example of that is the Apostle Paul in, in the New Testament. I mean, Paul, I mean, if there's anybody who could get their prayers answered, it would be the Apostle Paul. I mean, Paul is praying and people are being healed. Paul is praying, raising people from the dead. I mean, every time he prayed, a church would sprout up somewhere. I mean, the guy's just praying and God is honoring it. And yet, if you read about Paul, you'll discover that he had a very serious physical ailment. And we don't know what it was exactly. Scripture just refers to it as his thorn in the flesh. And I think we don't know because we all have a thorn in the flesh and it's different for all of us. And the, and the point is, it's not what the ailment was. Some think it was an eye problem. Some think he may have had uh, epilepsy. Some think he may have had a speech impediment. Some think it was just an opponent, somebody who just was opposing him at every turn, driving him crazy. But it doesn't matter what it was. We just know that it was painful, it was troublesome to Paul. And the Bible says that Paul pleaded with God to take it away. And the word pleaded is the same word that's used when Jairus asked Jesus to raise his daughter from the dead. Now, i got to tell you, if you're asking Jesus to raise your daughter from the dead, I mean, you are pleading, pleading. It's that same word. It says that three times Paul pleaded with God to take this ailment from him. And for some reason, when God could have, God didn't. In fact, God told Paul, he says, you know, I, I'm going to teach you something different on this one. I've got a different plan than you. My will's not your will on this one. I'm going to show you that my grace is enough. I'm going to show you that my power shows up in your weakness. And so when you pray, ultimately, it's God's will that matters. Not your will, not your wants. God's ways are higher than our ways. You know, we, we see that when Jesus... The night before he went to the cross. I mean, he is just in agony as he is facing this horrific crucifixion. And he just prays, Father, if you're willing, please make another way. Take this cup away. Yet not my will, but yours be done. You know, some of the greatest prayers you can pray are just, God, this is what I want. I believe you can do it, but I'm going to surrender my will to your will. You know, where do you need to surrender your will to God's will in order for your prayers to be heard and answered? Now, hearing these barriers to prayer, you, you may think there is no way my prayers are ever going to be answered. There is just no way. My relationships are broken. My motives are suspect. My lifestyle is not righteous. My faith is uncertain. I'm pursuing my will, not God's will. No way my prayers are going to be answered. My, my prayers are blocked. It's hopeless. Just throw up your hands and give it up. But that's really the point of this message. The point of, this, of our upcoming uh, Transformed campaign is God wants to remove those blockages. God wants to remove those barriers. You know, these are the areas in which we should be praying. You know, we're praying about our jobs and our cars and our sore throats, and God is saying, no, no, wait a minute. You know, what about your relationships? What about your heart motives? What about how you're living? What about your faith? What about following my will? That's what matters. 
And, and God wants us. God wants to. Why does He push this? Because He wants to heal our broken relationships. He wants to change our sinful motives into pure and holy motives. He wants us to put off unrighteousness and put on righteousness. He wants us to step out in faith and do His will. God wants us to repent, to be reconciled, restored, redeemed. And one of the crucial ways that process happens is through prayer. So God invites you above anything else. God invites you. If you're going to pray, you must have an honest relationship with God through Christ. An honest relationship with God through Christ. John 9.31 says, We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. I mean, do you want God to answer your prayers? If you do, then you've got to know him. You've got to be in a right relationship with him. Because God wants to hear from you. God wants to act on your behalf. God wants to reveal himself to you. God wants you to know him. God wants to speak to you. But if you're going to be able to do that, you have to have a healthy relationship with him through his son. Because it's only through a relationship with Jesus Christ that our relationships can be healed. It's only through a relationship with Christ and our motives can be made pure. Only through Christ can our deeds become righteous. Only through Christ is our faith strengthened. Only through Christ can we fulfill God's will. And so as we move into this transformed campaign, the end of September, I just want to invite you right now to just start praying to God. Say, God, please forgive me of all my sins and just pray that he will prepare you for the reconciliation, the restoration, the righteousness that can be yours when your life is transformed. Because those are the things God wants you to pray about. Those are the areas of your life where God wants to move and change you. And you can start right now, right today. We're just going to move into just a brief season of prayer together here. I want to encourage you to just sit back, get comfortable. We're just going to pray for a little bit. And let's just pray together. All right. God, we are just so amazed that you, as the God of the universe, you want to hear our prayers because we matter to you. God, we thank you for what you're doing in our church, for the spiritual momentum that only you can bring, for the transformed lives that only you can transform. And, And we know that one of the most important things we can do is to communicate with you, to commune with you, not just once a day, but to pray without ceasing, to have an ongoing conversation of prayer with you. And if you're here today and God is speaking to you through this message, God is speaking to you in this moment, and you're just saying, I want to increase my prayer life. I want my intimacy with God to be improved. I want to hear his voice. I want more of him in my life. If that's you, would you just put your hand up right now? Just lift it up high. It's not so God can see it, not so I can see it. Just lift it up so you can feel it, so you can mean it, so you can seal the desire in your heart with an action. God, I pray you would just break our hearts, that you would draw us close to you, that you would turn up the spiritual heat in our lives, and through the power of your word and the power of your spirit, would you just multiply what you want to do in us. God, you're changing our lives, changing our values, changing our hearts to reflect your will. You can put your hands down. God, we just pray that you would remind us this week to just pray, remind us to pray, remind us to pray so that we would live a lifestyle of prayer. God, if we've not forgiven someone, just convict us and empower us to forgive. If our motives are impure, convict us, change our motives, purify our hearts, God. 
If the way we live is not pleasing to you, convict us of our sin. Empower us to live with the righteousness of Christ. If we don't have faith, God, move into our hearts. Replace our fear and our doubt with faith. Lord, any time we're asking something that's not your will, would you just help us to surrender our will to yours? Not my will, but yours be done. God, I just would pray that you would remove these barriers in our life. And maybe you're here today and and God is revealing himself to you right now and, and as you hear the words, an honest relationship with God through Christ. An honest relationship with God through Christ. And you just have to say, that that is not me. That's not me. Well, you can have that right now. If you just pray in your own heart and just say, God, please come into my life. Save me from my sins. It is not a selfish prayer to pray for God to save you. It is a sacrificial prayer. Because you're praying, God, I surrender my life. Here it is. Take it. Would you just pray and ask God to forgive you of your sins and to give you the new, eternal, abundant life that he offers you through Jesus Christ, his son. God, I pray that you would stir us that in these deep, significant areas of our lives, that we would just come to know who we truly are, know our brokenness, know our need, that we would cry out to you and that you would move in our midst and restore us and redeem us. We thank you that you promised to do that. And so, God, we come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.